Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. Got a great show for you. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald about to join us. Jim Stump-Taylor back on the Eagle Hour today. Kelly Sander later in the hour. So lots to talk about uh, let's get right to it. Patrick McGee, opening segment, of course, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great food, seven days a week. Dine in, dine out, take it home, have it delivered, however you choose. Choose Dickie's Barbecue for your barbecue feast this weekend. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joins us every Thursday, and we're glad to have Patrick on the show as always. All right, uh, Professor, you told us before we went on the air that You've just published an article, had a chance to sit down, talk to the head football coach, Jay Hobson, about the challenges and difficulties uh, these coaches are facing here in the in the fall camp of, of 2020. What Kind of in a nutshell, what did uh, what Coach Hop say were the biggest things he's having to overcome? Well, it's the, uh, I, I think, the inconsistency, you know, uh, getting your starting 11 out there on both sides of the ball, um, you know, He's having to, you know, a player may have to sit out. Uh, he, you know, the day of a practice, he may find out that the guy has sit out. He may have to sit out two weeks, may have to sit five days, sit, you know, ten days. Uh, so obviously that's a, uh, a deal. They've had to deal with quarantines at Southern Miss, and that's not necessarily saying that anybody has tested positive. It means they may have been exposed to the coronavirus. But uh, you're seeing it everywhere. I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, Southern Miss hasn't said it, but it's almost a certainty that there have been positive cases on the team it's just hard to avoid uh i know at Ole miss uh just yesterday it was uh, revealed what they consider an outbreak within the athletic department there at Ole miss now uh with uh, camp firing up there in oxford so uh every every program is really dealing with it you know uh the headline i've got you know the quote says it's a whole lot of craziness and southern misses and some of these other programs that have been practicing since uh early august they're kind of uh, uh, getting a head start on this and understanding the challenge of kind of navigating COVID while Ole Miss and a lot of these other programs are just getting started. So, uh, it, you know, the next week or so are going to be really uh, tell us a lot about what this football season is going to look like. And right now it looks like it's going to be kind of a, uh, as I said before we got on air, it's going to be a little bit of a messy football season probably for both high schools and colleges just trying to keep uh, keep their players on the field. All right. Then another issue, of course, is, is players opting out because they don't want to play due to COVID-19, and that's affected the Eagles as well. Yeah, uh, it's uh, five players total uh, this week who have opted out playing the season. Four of those guys have intended to transfer, and then guys, just every indication I've got is that Jalen Adams has played his last game with Southern Miss. I know there have been rumblings that he was out as late as last year. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's a weird – got Jacquez Turner, Raheem Booth, um, uh, Steven Anderson, the running back, and then you have Garrett Crawford, reserve defensive lineman. Uh, they've also opted out. Uh, and they, they, those four guys intend to transfer. Uh, it, it was, you know, 
The NCAA has come out and say, well, you can, you don't, you know, however many games you play this season, you're going to get this year of eligibility back. It's still got to be approved by the Board of Governors, uh, but the Division One Council has already decided that they should implement that. I think on Friday they'll probably have a final ruling on that. If that had been in place a week ago, you kind of wonder if maybe at least a couple of these guys would have decided to stick around and try to uh, play the season. So it's just, a, <laughs> hmm. it's just chaos, and NCAA and everybody else is just kind of. Uh, learning as they go, and uh, it's, it, it was a tough week, but I think the way the depth chart stacks up, Southern Miss will be good, at least through the first half of the season. It's just you hate to lose numbers because that's going to hurt you in the second half of the season. Right. Luke? Patrick, we were talking uh, off air. Do you think the main motivation for guys like Turner and Booth um, is because they didn't want to lose a, a season. So if we, you know, we play the first four games and then COVID gets so bad, they shut everything down. Those guys mm-hmm. would have lost uh, those two guys their senior season. Do you think that was the main motivating factor? And if so, with the NCAA possibly, probably ruling that they won't lose, um, you know, eligibility. Do you think any of those guys come back? Um, I, you know, it, it's it's tough for guys to kind of turn around. Usually when they make that decision to go ahead and transfer, they don't really come back. But the NCAA, despite this, I guess it does leave that possibility open. Uh, but if a player, which I know Jacquez has already entered the transfer portal, it's up to the football program and the athletic department to accept them back. Uh, so it's not like, hey, I'm, you know, I changed my mind. It's, it, there's a process that they'd have to go through and uh, say Jay Hobson and crew would have to sign off on them rejoining the program. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a possibility. Uh, you know, I you know, I texted Jacquez just briefly yesterday, didn't really ask him, you know, uh, there's going to be a time for him to make a decision on that. Uh, but usually whenever a kid enters the transfer portal, uh, that's kind of the end of the deal. Uh, but we'll see what's going on. Usually whenever you make that kind of decision, you're pretty solid in it. Uh, there's more than just one reason that goes into it. Yeah, and the reason I ask that is the backup quarterback from Mississippi State last year, the uh, the Thompson kid, actually in in uh, been the twenty eighteen season, he he did that, and then you know Joe Joe Moorhead let him back on the the, the squad, and it's particularly Turner's a big loss there. I, I guess mm-hmm. listeners and the, the the feelings I've been getting from people, they just wonder if something's going on. Now I haven't I haven't looked at the transfer portal to see what the ratio is with other teams, and it is a whole bunch of craziness to quote your article. I think it's some people out there just want. Wondering if something's going on inside the football team that's causing people to leave like this. No, I don't think so. I think it was just one of these uh, things that it's the uncertainty of the situation. And in a lot of ways, it does make sense. Why would you go out there and, and play and, and waste your eligibility if the season's over after six games? Uh, you know, that, that, that's, that, that was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, they probably didn't think the NCAA was going to make this move. And classes started this week. Uh, so it was a decision that a lot of these guys kind of waited to last minute see if maybe something would change, and nothing changed. And they think, well, this, you know, this season's you know no good for me if I go out there and play six, you know, six of the twelve games and lose a season and not have a senior year like I would like to have it. So, uh, no, I don't think so. It was, you know, uh, I think maybe there were a couple of guys that just kind of followed along because they thought they made it made sense as well for them. Uh, but you know we'll, we'll see. It may have been a mistake, or, you know, for one or two of these guys. But in some ways, you understand why they they decided to sit out at least. All right, Patrick, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars to bet. You can bet uh, as much as you want, or as he, little he as you want. He doesn't have it, Patrick. Okay. He doesn't have it. So All just right. it's so, imaginary. 
Yeah, imagine her. How much of your $100 are you going to put on the idea that Southern Miss will complete a 12-game season? How much that the season will be interrupted by COVID? Oh, I think the odds are better probably than 50 cents. Uh, 50% that this would be interrupted at some point. <clears throat> I, you know, it's just it's just going to be really hard. Uh, you know, in, in every, you know as many high school programs as we're seeing having the quarantine as a group for two weeks uh, on the high school level, it's looking even harder than I thought it would look. You know, just a, a month, you know, two or three weeks ago. So colleges, you know, maybe they can do a little better restricting the movement to the athletes and trying to keep them in a in somewhat of a bubble. Uh, I think we'll see something resembling a college football season, but it may get pretty darn ugly at certain points. I can't tell you when. It may be week one or week eight, but uh, chances are there's going to be some type of a, a pause or some games being called off at the very least. And you would think that would be the case for all three Mississippi universities? Oh, yeah. I mean, this this is going to impact all corners of college football. This isn't something that's going to, uh, just because you have money and, and this and that, you know, to uh, to handle this a little bit better, that doesn't uh, make you any less susceptible to it. You know, it helps, but at the end of the day, an outbreak is an outbreak, and it's just really hard to, to mitigate. I think as of yesterday, 13 athletes at Ole Miss reported uh, to have COVID. Right. But Southern Miss is just not going to release those numbers, are they, Patrick? No, they. I uh, last time I requested uh, stats, I didn't get. I didn't. That <laughs> we'll look into it, and I didn't get a response. Isn't that amazing how people do us in the media sometimes when they don't want to? <laughs> they don't want to give us any information. They just don't respond, do they, Patrick? Not just Southern yeah. Miss. A, a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I'm from the other side. That if you provide more information on stuff like this, it, it provides a better understanding from the the public as a whole as to why some things are happening. Uh, you know, I, I, I know you want to kind of uh, not put yourself in the, uh, you know, in a bad predicament at certain points. But to me, the, you know, some schools are putting this out and I think it's helpful to understand what's going on and you'll have a better informed fan base. And, uh, you know, you won't have uprisings at right. times over a football game being called off. So I, I think it's better to, to put it all out there. Well, we're kicking off high school football Friday night here on our Hattiesburg station, uh, private school, uh, Presbyterian Christian School. Patrick, let's hope that they all get on the field and get to play, and let's hope that me and you and Luke can actually talk about a football game here in a couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. All right, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Coming up next, a very famous figure. Southern Miss football history joins the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. want to thank, as always, the professor for joining us in the opening segment. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark. CampusBookmark.net are good friends down on Hardy Street with a great selection of Southern Miss Apparel six days a week. 
or online at campusbookmart.net. All right, our next guest, one of my favorite people on the planet, and uh, no stranger to uh, Southern Miss fans uh, wherever they're listening, the famous Jim Stump Taylor joins the Eagle Hour, the one of the original hosts of the Eagle Hour. And Stump, it is always a great pleasure to have you back on the show. How are you, brother? I'm good, Bob. Luke, I feel like uh, Al Pacino in the Godfather 3. You know, just when I get out, they pull me back in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Look, now, before we get started, so I want to ask you a really serious question. You played football at Southern Miss for four years. And um, was there ever a time in your career that you felt your life had was in danger from the Dixie Darlings? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, I can truly say no. <laughs> okay, I, well, I just want to make sure we clarify that up front. That you never felt threatened or endangered by the Dixie Darling, so... Uh, no, not at all. I'm not glad to think that. Stump, when you hear about what's going on right now in college football, Patrick was just telling us five kids now have transferred, opted out, not playing. Um, you know, 13 athletes at Ole Miss yesterday reported to come down with COVID-19. What's your best guess? Are we going to see a full college football season? Man, I hope so. I, I don't know. You know, I uh, I've, I've I've dealt with this uh, on the church end, just like everybody's dealt with it in their business and personal life. And and I can truly say, I guess, as ever, this is not a <laughs> this is not an original statement, but it it is uh, absolutely nuts to think that we're dealing with something like this. Correct, and and then and it's filtering down to high school football as well. Twenty high schools as of today uh, opting out of the season uh, because of uh, the spread of COVID, and and uh, even one school already affected in your home county. You ever seen anything remotely like this? And what kind of pressure? You, you grew up in a in a family uh, with a football coach. What kind of added pressure are these guys uh, coaching these teams facing? Stump. I can tell you this. I'm glad it's not me. Right. I mean, it's it's hard enough on our end of what we've been doing, but I can't even imagine. You know, your desire to do it is so great. You love it so much, and yet at the same time, you know there's a hint of danger, which, granted, playing football, there's always a hint of danger. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no other sport that, you know, is as dangerous as this one uh, already. And then you throw in some pandemic uh, virus, threat and and you know these coaches as much as they love the game they love their players even more and they want to protect them as you know every way possible and so i i can't even fathom what they're going through right luke the famous jim stump taylor kicker to kicker let's see what the first question from a kicker to a kicker is stump we all know that you know if corona would have happened and we've been playing your dad would have treated it with kramer salt pills right (laughs) hey listen I got it. I, I got one better than that. We were immune to it from what we drank in the one water break we got in five hours. <laughs> That's you didn't. You didn't care what was in that Gatorade paper cup when they dipped it in that water. You just drank it. You didn't ask any questions. <laughs> That's exactly right, Luke. The famous salt pill, right? <laughs> Luke, did you ever take salt pills, or were you, or were you uh, further seven along? home games? You and I vaguely remember the nineteen twenty season where uh, we had seven home games the last time. <laughs> what, what did you think about? Seriously, though, what you? I was excited about the week two matchup against Louisiana Tech. Simply, you know, everything's on the line week two. 
Uh, what do you think about having a bye week now in week two and then having to play 11 in a row? Well, you know, uh, I, when that happened, the first thing I thought about was my uh, freshman, true freshman season. We we opened at Alabama, and then we were off the next week. And then we had a run straight through there. You know, the next week was Tulane, and Far came in the second ball game. So, you know, that kind of made history. But I, I thought it was crazy. My dad, if at all possible, would not schedule an open date. <laughs> And so I didn't know what to do with an open date, and it was crazy. These guys are used to one or two a year, so it won't be that big of a deal. But I sure did like the idea of uh, where Louisiana Tech was. I thought that would be interesting. Yeah, it's, Your, your freshman year, Stump, Alabama, Tulane, A&M, Louisville, Florida State, Mississippi State, and Memphis. Those were the first uh, seven games of the season. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a quite interesting run. I can assure right. you that. I was going to ask you about the, what we determined was a tough schedule this year, but after hearing that, I'm I'm ashamed to bring the, I'm ashamed to bring this year's up to you, Stump. <laughs> we, yeah, I saw somebody was sharing on uh, Facebook last week about some old student prints articles back in like eighty two, eighty three, and they were talking about the the uh, week schedule that Southern Miss was playing, you know, and, and they were alluding to Cincinnati and Tulane and Memphis and all <laughs> these guys, you know, at that time, which we didn't have no problem with them in the, in the early 80s for sure. But uh, I'm thinking, you know, we look at our schedule today and we go, wow. But then again, at the same time, we've only competed decently with them the last few years. Well, that's right. But now, Stump, when you were playing, that schedule that Luke just talked about, that didn't intimidate you guys. That was just that was normal for y'all. It was. And, and by the way, if you go back and look at that schedule, I think probably at the most we had was four home games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 We averaged six to seven on the road every year. Does, does, does tougher competition, though, make a team tougher and better, Stump? I, I definitely believe that. You know, that, that, I go back to my dad. That was all his, always his philosophy in high school. We always played the best out of district. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be the best, you got to compete with the best. And if you don't play them, you don't know what it's like to compete with them. So, right. uh, it was always good for us. You know, we always had that chip on our shoulder at, at Southern. You know, it was, uh, granted, I was, I was before the, you know, anyone, anytime, anywhere logo, but that was that was at the heart of it for us. Yeah, it sounds like listening to you, you look, your dad was a real teddy bear to play for, am I right? Real gentle, sweet guy. <laughs> gentle, very, very gentle, very gentle. Let me tell you, you know? something. Let me tell you something. My sophomore year, I kicked the longest field goal in Mississippi public high school that year, right? And every single day, I was the dummy quarterback at practice. There wasn't no red shirt. There wasn't no green shirt. There was hit him with everything you got and pick him up and throw him on the ground. It'll make him tougher. Listen, when when I was a sophomore, uh, I handled all the kicking duties uh, and was on the B team. And every day when our uh, A team offense would practice and I was on B team defense as a strong side linebacker, I had a, uh all-American fullback that leaded on me on the first play every day. <laughs> every day. Six 
240 pounds, ran a 4540, one of the best guys I've ever seen play the game. And I had to go. And then when we were in group work, I was in the same group with him. And with my daddy, I went against him every day. It didn't matter. You know, if something went wrong when I played, all you heard was Jim. Because that was the first name. Whether it was me or not, I got the blame for it. Uh. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, college was a breeze for me, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Look, the first day the first day of practice, we look around, they blow a whistle at two hours. We say, What is this? What is this? They turn the lights on sometimes at West Jones. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't you we would run sprints after practice and the only way you could see the other end is the coach would have his cigarette lit up. And you could tell that's where you were running to. That's that's the truth. Lighting the field with cigarettes. Now, you know, Stump, I'm telling you what, that brings back the old days, doesn't it, brother? (laughs) You wouldn't even see a cigarette on the field today. (laughs) This weak generation, they couldn't tolerate it. No, seriously, they'd blow the whistle for the end of practice, and we'd look around and say, what is a two-hour practice? What is this phenomenon? We didn't know. At two hours, we just got done with group work. We hadn't even started team yet. Well, I just want to say, Stump, after hearing these stories, I apologize for asking you if the Dixie Darlings ever intimidated you because clearly clearly that was a different time, right? You know, and and I was a different kicker, you know, because, I, I, you know, coming into at Southern, I mean, I played offense and defense uh, both sides of the ball in, in high school. And I remember one year we had – it was the it was the week after Mississippi State beat us at home after we beat Florida State. And we had allowed a kickoff for a touchdown. I never allowed that in my whole career, but that one time. And and Curly Holman, Curly was in charge of our special teams, and so he has the kicking team, kickoff team out there, covered unit, and he hollered at us, "Kickers, y'all get in here!" And it was basically a one-on-one block uh, from a from a uh, defender uh, blocking us, and we had to make a tackle. And this defender came out and he put me in there right off the bat. And he put this he put this guy this guy came in to kind of block me. I guess he thought I was gonna be salt. And I hit him and smoked the guy with a football. And Coach Holman said, That's enough, Jim, get out of here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't have to do it but once, and I never had to do it again. <laughs> there you go. Well, Stump, we appreciate you coming on the show, brother. It's always good to hear your voice. You know we love you here, and uh, stay safe, my friend. Hey, you too. Y'all guys have a great one. Appreciate you. Enjoy listening all the time. All right. The great Jim Stump, Stump Taylor, everybody. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Always great talking to the legendary Jim Stump Taylor, pastor of First Baptist Church in McGee. If you don't have a where to worship on a Sunday, stop in there and see the Stumpster. Good guy, great friend. Appreciate him coming on the Eagle Hour today. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. As always, every day, home of the 895 Lunch. Appreciate our good friend Slade White and his crew at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. 
Kelly John Center joins us. And uh, Kelly, uh, more news out of the high school. Not good. Uh, more teams uh, being sidelined because of coronavirus. Yeah, we talked about uh, the Covington County Schools of Seminary and Mount Olive yesterday have uh, have pushed their schedules back a couple of weeks because of a corona outbreak. Heidelberg, the Oilers have completely pulled the plug on their season now. That, according to our count, is 20 high schools across the state have said, look, we're just not going to play football this year. Even though the MHSAA said people are good to go if they want to, 20 schools now with Heidelberg pulling the plug have said we're just going to sit this season out. Meanwhile, today, one of, and this is a statewide headline because of the prominence of this school and 2A domination in football, the Taylorsville Tartars announced today that they've had some cases, which they're just up the road from Mount Olive and, um, and Seminary. So there might be kind of an outbreak in that, in that uh, Covington County, Smith County area. But nonetheless, uh, Taylorsville is going to push its season back a couple of weeks because of, uh, of concerns and some cases on campus. Now, you know things are serious when Taylorsville opts not to play football because yeah. that's, uh, that's other than church on Sunday, that's the second biggest religion at Taylorsville is high school football. So the Tartars will delay the season for a couple weeks, and, of course, that'll send some teams scrambling uh, to fill those spots with open dates. If you had Seminary and Mount Olive on there, too, you got work to do, and the same thing with Heidelberg. So that's the latest on the high school scene. Meanwhile, Governor Tate Reeves yesterday at his uh, Tate Reeves Hour, which airs <laughs> two, Monday through Friday from 2.30 to 3.30. Check your local listings uh, for more information. But uh, supposedly today he's going to make an announcement as to what the attendance numbers will be limited to at uh, statewide universities, you know, college uh, stadiums and so on. So look for that announcement today, uh, the Tate Reeves hour from 2.30 to 3.30, if if he does indeed make that announcement, said he was going to make it today, so we have no reason to believe that he won't. Then, then the schools will be able to figure out how they're going to sort out who gets to come and who doesn't. But that's the latest, uh, the very latest from around the state. The, uh, the the deal with Taylorsville, you know, Tykes just committed to Tulane. It's his senior year. Dandy doesn't. That's another thing you hate, man. You want to watch these kids play. Um, you want to watch some of this talent. I mean, you you look at particularly this year. There's quarterbacks. West Jones, Allen Follis, with and uh, is, is probably going to get some uh, D1 offers uh, midway through this season. Tykes, I guess, was it's disappointing as a fan too, Kelly. Um, I, I saw where West Jones today rescheduled a jamboree for next week against Mendenhall. Um, but people, it seems like these athletic directors and these coaches are, are shuffling their schedule every other day because it's going to happen next week. Somebody's going to have an outbreak, and guess what? The first two games, basically, if you get a quarantine right now, your first two games or the next two games on your schedule are out. And that's why, you know, I think I mentioned it yesterday here on Eagle Hour that the high school coaches that I've talked to, you know, in just very casual conversations, have said that they would be surprised if the teams that do play football, you know, get six or seven games in. Um, because, again, the meter is running at these schools that we just talked about. Well, what if in the quarantine, um, you know, somebody else starts showing symptoms? Well, then kind of like the lightning strike where you have to wait 25 minutes or whatever before you can play again, then does that, does that pandemic meter, if you will, start running again, which means the two-hour you know, quarantine period is going to have to be pushed further out. Uh, it all it all remains to be seen. But again, most 
high school coaches realistic about it. I said they would be they would be happy if they could get you know six or seven games in. Not to mention the fiasco of the playoffs. You know how that how that's going to be. And again, what happens if you get halfway in your season and then have an outbreak? Um, so a lot of unanswered questions. But in fairness to everybody, um, these questions have never been asked before. We've never had to deal with it. So. You know, uh, so, it is a shame, though, for the fans. It's so weird. I got a text today from Jack Duggan, of course, the sports information director at USM. And uh, he says, Kelly, with uh, Old Dominion not playing this fall, Conference USA Eastern schools will only play seven league games, and Conference USA Western schools will play eight league games. So it's just another example of how completely odd the season is, and and we've talked about this before. I just think you have to put an asterisk by the season, uh, no matter the outcome, because nothing is nothing is sure and nothing is even. And, you know, we haven't heard from uh, you know uh, UTEP a couple of weeks ago had, had put their program on shutdown because of. Well, we did hear yesterday they're back practicing. Okay, yeah, they, right. they are back practicing. And look, Kelly, since I ask all the probing questions on this show, what is a tartar? A tartar which is the Taylorsville High School mascot. The Tartars were the armed guards that used to protect the dynasties in China. The leaders of, of China, mm-hmm. their personal army were called Tartars. How did that find its way to Taylorsville, Mississippi? Can I ask you that? That you can ask me, but that I don't know, Bob. I'm sure the, <laughs> I'm sure the Taylorsville... It's also a hard calcified deposit that forms on the teeth and contributes to decay. Well, that that is too, but I I don't think that would be uh, that would be why they would call themselves. The, oh, you know, the that's not right. That's just not right to say that about the high school team. So so there's clearly a China Taylorsville connection somewhere down the line. Is that what you're saying, Mr. Sander? You, you would think so, but again, we have to, the Smith County folks would would be able to to uh, I would say chime in on that, but maybe gong in on that. Yeah, if they, gong in they have an answer. I would have thought they might have been the Mellons. You know what I'm saying? Being from Smith yeah. County, that would have been a great nickname. Although I think the Tartars, I think that is a very cool nickname. I think, and, and I think obviously they're the only ones in the state uh, with that name. Right. Do you know the three, the three most know. popular mascots? No, Kelly. What are the three most popular Iuka. mascots? No, uh, according to the MHSAA, the most common mascot used for high schools in Mississippi is. The Bulldogs. Tigers. Hmm. Bulldogs. Bulldogs okay. is number one. Tigers is number two, Luke. Mm-hmm. What would be number three? This is a Southern Miss show. The Eagles. Eagles. That's correct. Oh, That's right. how about that? Oh. Yeah, the three most common mascots, in the, according to the MHSAA, are the Bulldogs, the Tigers, and the Eagles in that order. Well, none of those three mascots should intimidate or put anyone in fear of their life. Am I right about that, Kelly? No, and if you want to do that, you would clearly call yourself the Dixie Darts. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I got scared just hearing those words. I mean, look. Yeah, on, I'll tell you what, when that fight song comes on, I run for the hills. No because kidding, it scares man. Me no, no, them girls are so scary. Oh, gosh, it's just <laughs> frightening. I have nightmares about it, to tell you the truth. Well, you see why, you know, why some people want to change, Bob, you know? <laughs> But so, so Southern they're going to bring us in as, as as witnesses to the to the correct the uh, we we want to get we want to get on that traditions committee, Kelly. Me and you and Luke, we want to vote on the traditions committee. 
I would I would think if uh, there were if if there was if this pandemic took everybody in the world except us, we, <laughs> we still wouldn't get on the Look, traditions committee. Right. I hope that the people on the traditions committee actually graduated from Southern Miss. That would be a good start. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because young people really don't have traditions, right? It's the older people that. And, and we got to do away with that crap. I mean, that's just there's just no room. They have traditions. They anymore. wake up, they take they take a Snapchat selfie. They get on Instagram. They take another Snapchat <laughs> selfie. They get on Instagram. They take another ch- a Snapchat selfie. All that took a minute of their life. I mean, that's right. their routine. That's right. their tradition. Then they're tired. Then they have to rest. They have to rest. Bob, a while. Bob, is it just me or is Luke getting to sound a lot more like you and me? I think he's hanging around me and you a lot, Kelly. And, yeah. And I'm happy to say we're starting to rub off on him a little bit. Some of some of the dust and crust is rubbing off. How's your wife <laughs> feel about that, Luke? That you're becoming more like me and Kelly. I uh, worked in the yard big time uh, yesterday, and I, I last night I got off the couch, and I said, Lauren, you're married to an old man. You're going to bed, right? She agreed. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. By the way, uh, you guys, in the virtual straw drawing this morning, I drew the short straw, so I'll have to feed Al Holder his applesauce this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nasty job. I'm sure glad glad you got it. (laughs) By the way, Al texted me last night, Kelly, and said, uh, Indy 500 this weekend, real auto racing. Good for him. See, he's a purist like me. No, yeah, he lo- yeah, he loves the Indy car circuit. First time in the in the history of that race that they will uh, that they'll go you know without fans. And Marco Andretti, the grandson of Mario Andretti, and the son of Michael Andretti, will lead the thirty three cars to the green flag on Sunday at noon. The Xfinity and NASCAR series will also be going on Sunday. And how so- many years in a row had you gone before this year, Kelly? Forty seven. Forty seven years in a row. But I can honestly say, I mean, nobody would be able to, you know, go this year because they're not having fans. That's, so it really doesn't count then. That's right. No. I no. Talk about right. an asterisk. There, there you go. go. All right. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on a Thursday. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Fourth segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located at 6461 Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. They carry the Forerunner, the Avalon, the Highlander, and the Highlander Hybrid Prius. Uh, maybe you want a truck, the Tundra and Tacoma, the Corolla, the Camry. All of these at Toyota of Hattiesburg, one of the some of the best made vehicles uh, out there. And when you want your next vehicle, go see our friends at Toyota of 
Hattiesburg. A couple notes, uh, guys, from uh, basketball. Southern Miss uh, senior forward Respect Leapart has signed to join uh, a team in Germany this week. She becomes the first member of the 2019-20 team to sign a professional contract and the 14th player under head coach Joy Lee McNellis to sign a professional contract. So, again, uh, the greatest name in college basketball, Respect Leapart. We give her respect for signing her first professional Good for contract. Uh, another basketball note. Guys, if you hadn't seen it, you can go on southernmiss.com or uh, the Southern Miss Twitter account. Brand new flooring, brand new lighting at Reed Green Coliseum. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but, man, it looks Good. A brand new uh, design on the floor. The state of Mississippi uh, in the background, the eagle head imposed on it. Uh, Southern Miss uh, at each end, and then uh, USM Golden Eagles and SMTTT on the floor. Looks really good, and I'm hoping that we can be in there far sooner than later. Correct. It does, it's pretty. Really, really looks good. Good job. Now, now, see, I could show my age, Bob, by asking Luke when Respect signed that contract. Is she playing for a team in East Germany or West Germany? Yeah. What would be your answer to that, Luke? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> there you ah, go. I was alive. There you go. I'm not that old. There you go. Not are. that young. I was there. There you go. But she's, she was a great player here. Good for her. It's got to be exciting for yeah. a kid to go to Europe like that and see that part of the world and play basketball. So congratulations to that kid. And Just hope and she this, can go. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah, she and, can go. Because, well. because this, this virus decided to you know come on the scene when it did, you know, basketball players essentially they had their their full season last year, okay. And and you would think if all the vaccine reports are true, they're probably going to get basketball players. I'm talking about are probably going to get a majority of this season, if not the whole season. Which that just it just doubly breaks your heart for the football players because of right. the the rugged nature of that game. They only get to play about ten games to begin with, right? And so if, if they don't get to play any games at all, you know, it, it, just, it just breaks your heart for the football players when essentially the basketball players uh, of all the athletes are going to be the ones that are, that are going to be least affected, it would appear. Because like I said, they got their season in last year before it happened, and chances are they're going to get most of their season in uh, this year. But football and, and baseball teams, you know, they've got 50 or 60 games they play. But when you're wanting to make a career in football and you've only got 10 games essentially to prove yourself and you don't even maybe get that one opportunity. It's just, just a shame. Well, no, too, you think back to the baseball kids, man. You you know, you think of the Gidries and kids like that, that um, they lost their last year, you know. Just got it started. The next thing you know, the rug was pulled out from under. It doesn't seem possible, guys, that this all started back during baseball season in March. And here we are at the end of August, and, and really we talk about it every single day. And, and again, the governor coming up at, uh, up at 2.30, um, and is supposed to make the announcement about attendance. Uh, what do you think, Luke? What do you think, what do you think the number's going to be? Maybe 20%? Well, yeah, right now by state law it's 25%, so I expect him to go. He's either going to keep it where he is. Uh, but they they got to clarify with suites. they got to clarify with boxes. I don't think the East Club at M.M. Roberts Stadium is going to be open at all. And uh, I th- there's got to be a lot of clarification because you really got four groups. you got season ticket holders, you got opposing people, you got students, and you got band. I don't think there's going to be much as a, a general public admission at all once you cover those four bases. Yeah, I can't imagine that East Club would be open. That, but that's just shoulder to shoulder people. I, I know I certainly wouldn't go on a 
an environment like that, Kelly Sander. And, and you know, on the high school, they said two two player or two tickets per you know per player. But uh, apparently, the, the Dixie Darlings have made specific demands that they're not going to follow any rules. They'll do what they want because <laughs> those outlaw. Frightening <laughs> women, I'm telling they, you what. They are so intimidating. Oh, I'm telling I'm not you what. Say anything to them, no, but. they can do whatever they want. I'm not getting in the way of a Dixie Darling, that's for sure. But then, but then, so the, the opening game is, is is two weeks from tonight. Okay, so if the governor makes the announcement uh, today, then that gives Southern Miss officials essentially a week to be able to inform yeah. everybody as to how this is going to work. We're going to be on so. TV, guys. I mean, we're the only show in town that Thursday night. Surely that game will be televised. Well, the CBS Sports Network is what Russ Anderson was saying yesterday. Yeah. And, um, they had the and, option to televise it, yes. Oh, okay, the yeah. option to televise yeah. it. Well, and, and, I, and I know that he said, you know, the likelihood that it would go to a, a network that was more readily available is not likely. But, uh, but as hungry as people are Look. for college football, I would think somebody would jump yeah. It's CBS. Uh, Bring in Nance and Romo to, to Thursday night. Yeah. The Rock. Let's do it. Tony can predict all of our plays. Look, I can predict all of our plays. Bubble screen left, <laughs> bubble screen right. So maybe we, we can just do Tony's job, but that'd be nice to have Nance and Romo. Now, Tony can predict how many yards each play is going to get. He knows so well. If we can Boy, predict Luke's, the play. Luke's on a roll today, I'm man. telling you what, that's a good thing. We're out of time, and we yeah. are. But Luke will be back tomorrow. Go, go drink my Geritol like the rest of y'all this afternoon. <laughs> One o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.